This is the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. As the director of a life coach training program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve the skills and the industry. Learn more about our program at teamclcc.com, and here's today's episode. Okay, so you usually think of coaching and you think, I'm working with a client, right? Yeah, coach, client, that's coaching. You might be listening to this so far and thinking, yeah, Kate, what are you getting at here? Well, what I'm getting at here is that self-coaching is a thing. And you will start to notice something happening the longer that you are a coach. Very interesting little something. And what you'll start to notice is that when you are on the phone with a client, and perhaps that client is talking to you about something that you know you in your own life still get stuck around, you will find that it is much easier usually to offer a client support for those things that you know you get stuck around than it can be to offer your, your self-support. But never fear, because you can step into self-coaching. You can start using the same tools that you use with your clients to elevate your own life. Before I talk about what those tools are, I want to just briefly say how important I think it is that coaches are working on themselves. In coaching, we really need to be conscious of any tendencies to go into a kind of guru space. And when I see coaches do this, often it's very unintentional. So I totally get it. You start to learn things. You start to have these insights about how life works. You start to see your clients getting stuck in some of the same habitual places. And because you see that over and over and over, you yourself then start to go, oh, okay, like the same five clients have been stuck in the same area in their lives before they came to coaching with me. And I've been stuck in that area before. So maybe it's not that I'm not enough, or maybe it's not that I'm like a bad person who needs to get her shit together. Maybe it's that this is just part of being human and people struggle in this way. And in the same way that I give my clients grace, I could also give myself some grace. So moving out of that guru model where the client is coming to you as some kind of expert on how to live one's best life and instead staying in that co-creative space is really important. A co-creative space always puts the emphasis for the forward momentum in a session on the client, not on the coach, not on what the coach thinks. It's always about the client and what they're ready to step into. Now, I know that even that statement, what they're ready to step into, for some people can be something of a controversial statement. There are some coaches who would actually not coach a client unless they first vetted that that client was completely ready. I take a bit of an issue with that because I think that everybody has some place in their lives where they get stuck or where they think they're ready and they have all outward appearances of being ready, but then when you really start to dig in, they're not ready. I mean, come on, raise your hand if that's you. It's me. I don't like it when (laughs) I'm having to nudge up against the discomfort of change. 
I embrace it. I step into it. I don't let fear hold me back, but that doesn't mean that I'm like comfortable when all my stuff is coming up. And that's probably the same for you, which means it's going to be the same for our clients. So rather than labeling someone uncoachable, and there's another craft of coaching episode where I talk about this uncoachable term, if you want to search for it, um, rather than labeling people as uncoachable or deciding we won't coach them unless they somehow demonstrate to us that they are air quotes ready, I think it's a lot better for us to really see everyone's work in coaching as being on a continuum. People are moving, they're changing, they're shifting, and sometimes it's the metaphor of planting a seed and that seed is going to be under the soil where it's dark and above ground as coach, you don't see a lot of what's happening for that client yet because something's germinating. Something needs time to actually be in the muddy muck, the dirt. And your clients, you know, with enough time being allowed to explore the messier parts of their process or to just simply have a process period and not always be so results driven, your clients will start to slowly poke up from that seed and the first little stem will begin to appear of their progress. I think the more space we can allow our clients to have a process, the farther they end up going. But now let's get back to self-coaching because the same thing is true of you. You are allowed to have a process around learning the coaching skill set, one that will go beyond your time in any coach training program. You are allowed to have a process of uncertainty as you first start marketing yourself. Who said that you're supposed to start marketing yourself and, and feel completely confident at all times or else you're a fraud? Who made that rule? Certainly not me. It's not how I started out. It's not how any of my colleagues who are now making six and seven figures at coaching started out. I don't think it's how really anyone starts out. Frankly, I think that anybody who says that they started out that way, that they're lying. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't want to call anybody a liar, but I kind of think they're lying. You know, it's like when people are like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Liar. Yeah, you do. Like at least a little bit. You might not let it hold you back, which is different. But you are a human being and you do care what people think. On some level, it is it doesn't feel good when people criticize you or put you down. So aka, it you do care, but you don't let it hold you back. Congratulations that you don't let it hold you back, but stop saying you don't care what people think. So the confidence, the development of who you are as a coach is not just like I'm done with my training, so Here I am world, and I now have all the answers for myself, for my clients. You will continue to grow, to shift, to change, to look around and go WTF at your life. Give yourself that grace as a coach. Stop putting this pressure on yourself to have all the answers. And I know that there are going to be coaches who listen to this podcast and they've heard that before. They've heard before that coaches are not supposed to have all the answers for their clients, that coaches are not supposed to be the experts on their clients' lives. But still, if you listen to to yourself coaching, maybe tap into some of your own internal dialogue about how you think a session is supposed to go, you might still find these little places 
where you put an internal pressure on yourself to fix, to solve, to do something radical that moves your clients' lives forward, we got to remember they move their lives forward. And your coaching skill set is going to continue to evolve throughout your career as a coach, which means that who you are as a coach today is not who you will be as a coach a year from now or two years from now. Now, if you're interested, I have a book on coaching, actually. It's called The Gift of Coaching. A couple people have told me that when they search for it on Amazon, The Gift of Coaching alone does not turn up the book. Huh, not sure what's going on with that. But if you search for The Gift of Coaching with my name, Kate Swoboda, you will find it. And it's only a couple bucks. It's digital. And it talks a lot about how you as a coach can start to move into that reframe around feeling that pressure to deliver a, you know, capital R result for your clients. How do you get out of that space? Well, part of it is you allow yourself to have a process, a very human process. So that having been said, Now let's talk about some of the tools that you can use for self-coaching. The tools that you can use for self-coaching as it happens are kissing cousins of the tools you would use with a client. For instance, you can use the tool of mirroring with a client. And if you want, you can uh, listen in on the Craft of Coaching episode called Essential Coaching Skills, in which I break down different coaching skills. Mirroring is one of them. And in a coach-client relationship, Mirroring is used to check the coach's understanding of what the client said, to show the client that you are listening with empathy and awareness and presence, and also to kind of reflect back to the client and let them hear what their actual words or phrases or stories are. You can do this with yourself. You could, for instance, record yourself talking about feeling frustrated about a problem for about five minutes. And then listen back to the recording. But this time, put on those listening ears that are those coaching, you know, that coaching level of listening. Put on the, the listening ears that are listening for patterns, for things that stick out, for stories, for assumptions, for the critic. And as you listen, go, oh, okay. So if I heard a client say this, what would I say to them? And as you're listening to yourself, it might be a little harder to listen to yourself with compassion and non-judgment than it is to listen to a client. And that gets to be a moment for you to explore. Why is that? And how do you step into practicing that compassion and non-judgment for yourself that you would give to a client? We often forget compassion and non-judgment are practices We don't necessarily know how to do them just because we want to be nice, kind, good people. You might need to slow down a little bit. Mirroring can also work with journaling. Same kind of thing. Give yourself a timer. I'm going to write about a problem I'm I'm sitting with right now. Um, I'm just going to like go all out. I'm going to say all the things I want to say. I'm I'm not going to try to make it pretty or nice or you know any of that. I'm just going to be like angry if I'm angry, sad if I'm sad, whatever I I am. I'm going to write it all out, and then maybe take a 20 minute break and then come back and read through it. And and same thing. Notice what are the patterns. The patterns of speech, the figures of speech that stick out to you, the phrases that indicate something that could be really important. 
If you were in a client session, those phrases, those patterns would be things you'd mirror back to the client. If you're giving yourself self-coaching, what you might be doing is pulling some of those phrases and just noticing them. Maybe you'll notice that as you're frustrated about a situation with your partner, it mirrors a similar kind of frustration that you have long had with a parent. Aha, there's your work. It's not necessarily about your partner and it's not necessarily about your parent. It's about the pattern, the way of engaging with that behavior or that verbal tick that they have or, you know, whatever it is that's getting on your nerves or presenting such a challenge. Another skill that you can use with yourself for self-coaching is powerful questioning. We talk in the Courageous Living Coach Certification about different types of questions. There are questions that are body-based. There are questions that are about creation and what the client wants to create next. There are questions that are narrative and about the internalized stories or assumptions that the client has about who they are, the way life has to work. And you can have a list of, of powerful coaching questions. Pull it out wherever you went for your training. There's a book actually that we recommend in CLCC. We buy it for all of our trainees and include it. Um, the Book of Coaching Questions by Stoltzfus. It's kind of a difficult name to pronounce, but S-T-O-L-T-Z-F-U-S, I believe, is how it is spelled. It's another one you could look up on Amazon, and it lists a lot of different coaching questions, and you can try using them on yourself. Huh, who would I be if I was not hooked into that's how it must be? Or Hmm, what is it that I want to create even amid difficult circumstances? Or where does getting hung up on this person's attitude end up having power over my attitude? These are all questions that you could examine in a session with a client, and they're questions that you could examine with yourself. Now, All of this requires a certain degree of presence. And if you are already a coach or if you're in training to become a coach, you know that coaching requires a certain level of presence when you're with a client. So the more you can do something that that brings you into a state of presence in your own life, the more you'll be able to show up for clients. And for my money and my time, it's no money actually, but for my time, right? I I got a lot of things going on. So time is at a premium. You know, for my time, the return on investment for my time, it's daily meditation of some kind. But before you're like, ah, I'm so tired of self-helpy people talking about meditation, I hear you. I've, I've, by the way, that voice (laughs) was me for several years, like, oh my God, here we go. Meditation again. You don't have to do meditation in a particular way. What I am calling meditation does not have to be that you sit in a lotus position, staring at a blank wall, watching your breath for two hours a day so that you can reach enlightenment. What I'm talking about with meditation can be guided meditation. Personally, I love the Insight Timer app. It could be a couple of your favorite songs that always just bring you into your heart. It could be laying on your back. It could be assembling your body in whatever position is most comfortable for you. 
It could be so many different things, but some kind of practice, and you know what those practices are for yourself, that just brings you into a place of slowing down, becoming more aware, becoming more present to what you feel, what you notice, slows it down enough that you can actually identify what some of your stories are, some of those internalized beliefs that hold you back, slow you down enough to know what it is you want to do about those things. And particularly with coaches being in integrity with themselves and doing the work that they need to do on a personal level so that they can grow their lives and show up for their clients as best they can, I think that this needs to be a daily practice. Five minutes is better than no minutes. So, you know, we also don't need to go down the route of, oh, I don't have an hour to meditate every day. I've got a job and I'm trying to build my coaching business. I've got kids and I'm trying to do marketing. And no, 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 we didn't say it has to be an hour a day. Now, if you want the science behind it to grow the gray matter in the brain that is most correlated with being more chill in your life, you need 20 minutes. But five minutes has benefits. This is science. It'll prove it. So you can look it up. Five minutes of deep breathing and relaxation is better than no minutes. So if five minutes is all you've got, five minutes is all you got. It's fine. Having some kind of daily practice where you get present and attuned to who you are, what's coming up in your life is going to reap so many rewards for you. And that by extension reaps rewards for your clients. So in the spirit of being action-oriented, as coaches tend to be, here are the, the action steps that, or practices that you could take into your daily life. First of all, come up with a daily practice and commit to it. And I really think that, I don't know, at least half of a daily practice, of the value of a daily practice, is the commitment. There's something really profound about deciding, I I'm committing to this and I'm going to do it every day, not just sometimes, not just every other day, not just Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm doing this every day for some amount of time. So commit to that daily practice and really see where it takes your life. You'll also get some compassion and some insights into how hard it can be for our clients to take on daily practices and really make those commitments and really stick to those commitments. You might learn a thing or two about uncoachable clients, air quotes, uh, by <laughs> taking on a pretty big commitment like that. And if you want to know my opinion about uncoachable clients, there is actually a coach, uh, craft of coaching episode on client resistance and so-called uncoachable clients that you can listen into. But also really think about how you can use when you get stuck, when you get overwhelmed. I mean, just take like a, a thing that's pretty common for coaches. Like I'm really overwhelmed about marketing. I feel like I'm juggling a lot. I'm not sure what to say. I feel like I have to be on five different social media profiles all at the same time. And I'm like, what? You know, sit down and and either write that all out or record it into your phone and then listen to what you recorded or look at what you've written with your coaching hat on and try applying the tools of mirroring, picking out words or phrases that might need a little more examination or powerful questions. Ask yourself a powerful question in the midst of any challenge, like, how is this an opportunity? And I know that that's a tough question for me to ask myself. 
And when I have the experience of being challenged by something and going, okay, Kate, all right, you know what? I don't want to be stuck here. So let me ask myself, how, what's the opportunity? You know, I have a little bit of resistance to that question. It's like, ah, F, I don't want to think about opportunity here. I just want to be mad because I'm mad. Well, how's that like our clients' lives too? They feel the same way. It's hard for them too. So this practice of self-coaching, not only does it make your life better, but it, it actually really makes you a better coach. It makes you a more compassionate human being for the human beings who are showing up to work with you, to have their lives changed with you. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Craft of Coaching podcast. You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. That's team, you know, like working together, T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram. I'm Kate Courageous. You can find my book, The Courage Habit, at Barnes & Noble, your local bookseller, and of course at Amazon. If you have just a moment to leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, thank you so much in advance. So appreciate it. Your rating helps other people who might be interested in this podcast to be able to find it. You can also find my book about coaching, The Gift of Coaching on Amazon. Head to Amazon and do a search for Gift of Coaching, Kate Swoboda. As always, I so appreciate that you're here and I love that you're a coach and you're learning about this craft that is helping people to change their lives. Thanks for listening.